Hey, New Life, welcome back to another week of our sermon. We're super excited you guys are listening with us on this podcast. And so if you don't know, New Life's mission is to develop an authentic community that inspires people to know and follow Jesus through worship, community, mission, and generosity. And so you can stay up to date with what we have going on 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 Instagram and Facebook. You can also find our YouTube channel. You can like and subscribe to stay up to date with videos and those things we put out online. And so this week, here is the most recent sermon. Good morning. Happy New Year. It's great to see every one of you here today. What a great way to start out the year in church on the first day of 2023. So congratulations. You guys are all making great decisions this year. I love that. Good for you. Good for you. I love New Year's uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I think it's a, a great time to reflect on the highs and lows of the previous year. Uh, man, if you, if you think back over the past 365 days, there have probably been some, some really enjoyable high moments. But there's also probably been some fairly deep valleys, some, some tough times. And we reflect on those at this time of year. It's healthy for us to do that. At the same time, I think it's a, a great time to turn the page, to have some fresh hope as we think about a brand new year ahead. You might reflect back and, and realize, man, I, I made some mistakes or some things I, I probably didn't prioritize I should have, maybe some steps I should have taken and I didn't. And this is a renewed hope. This is a time to, to, to start over. And I love that about a brand new year. It's a great time to reflect and envision new goals, to think about where we're headed. And that's a big reason for the sermon series that we're in. I think it's also important to be thankful for the relationships that God's given to us. There's so much to think about in the past 12 months that we have to be grateful for and, and to look forward to say, ooh, what could God do in this coming year ahead? So our sermon series is on spiritual wellness, as you, as you heard about in the video. And uh, I just wanted to begin by sharing a little bit of our lives. Um, this past week, after Christmas, we decided to head south. A couple of different options, and we decided to go to a little bit warmer weather. So we drove to New Orleans, and none of us has really been there before. I was there many years ago for a couple of days after Hurricane Katrina. But if we were going to take a trip to New Orleans, we had to decide on a few things. One, probably the first matter of business was to find a place to stay. We had to know where we were going. We found that, and then we had to make a path to get there. So if you look at that Google map, Leanne and I worked in the front seat the entire trip to make sure we took the best of the three possible routes from Kansas City to New Orleans so we could get there the fastest. We had to figure out how to get there. And then while we were there, we decided to figure out some things that we thought would be fun to do. And I got to tell you about one because I'm really excited about it. We had a blast. We went to an NBA game. So just a few days before we left, we decided, you know, this year we're going to try to do more experiences and less gifts. Um, and so we were able to find, it was late at night, and I was like, I wonder if I could find a, a game. And they were playing the Timberwolves, which I'm from Minnesota. Not a huge Timberwolves fan. Don't really know many of the players. However, uh, we, we do like the NBA, and we thought, man, this would be a ton of fun. So I looked up to find out where we were staying, and it was a 15-minute walk from where we were staying. So we could literally just walk there. 
We got to the game and it was like, Every part of it exceeded our expectations. It was one of those, like, just great experiences. In fact, it was a close game, and the Pelicans came back. It was a sold-out crowd. The energy was just, like, way, way up there. It was so high. And it was tied. There was less than 10 seconds left. And I don't know if you guys know Zion Williamson. I don't know him, but we heard a story about him. And what I like about him is his mom was his coach. And she was like the hardest coach on him growing up. And uh, this guy, this dude is massive. And, and less than 10 seconds left, the score was tied. And he stole the ball. And, uh, and he went down. He got fouled. He made his layup, won the game. And the, the place came unglued. It was crazy. We sat there. We didn't have to get in, out of parking or anything because we were just walking back. We had no stress on us. And we sat there until it emptied out. They kicked us. No, they didn't kick us out. But until it pretty much emptied out. And we were so hyped up. It was like 10.30, 10.45. We were like, we can't go back to our, our, where we're staying. We, we, we got to go do something. So have you guys ever had, how do you say it again? Beignets, thank you. Have you guys ever had those? <laughs> They're like donuts, but better. They're so good. We had them the day before. We're like, let's go. It's open 24 hours. So all seven of us walked through downtown New Orleans another mile to go get those. We got back at midnight and collapsed. Anyway, it was just an incredible experience. Now, you can tell. I'm still pretty excited about it. It was awesome. I, we, we couldn't duplicate it. But here's what I want to say. We would not have had that experience if we had not found the trip, if we had not gone to New Orleans, if we had not taken the path to get there. Now, I couldn't have imagined that it was going to be one of these great moments, and life is like this. Sometimes you don't expect it to come, and God uses you in an incredible way, or God does something in you in an incredible way, and you're like... That was amazing. But in order for that to happen, I think we are called to do some things, to put ourselves in a place for this to happen. We had to put ourselves in a place for the experience to happen, and then it did. And our spiritual life is similar. So as we open the series on spiritual wellness... I believe God has some incredibly significant spiritual experiences for each and every one of us in 2023. Maybe we will witness life transformation or the new birth, somebody coming to faith in Christ or have this incredible opportunity to make a difference. However, we have to get headed in the right direction and have a path for growth. And God does the work. So spiritual wellness is, as you can tell, a priority for us as a church this year. Now, hopefully you've received an email. And that email basically explains what we're doing and also tells you the month that we're going to try to connect with you. If you haven't, it's either in your spam folder or we don't have your email address correctly or some other reason. So please send us an email at info at newlifekc.org if you haven't seen that. And we'll make sure that you get that scheduled and set up. Now, it's significant because this is not us coming to you with a clipboard and looking over our glasses and trying to interrogate where you're at in your spiritual journey. It's not about us. 
This is an opportunity for you, as I shared on the video, to have a conversation, to maybe ask a question. You don't have to do it. So we're not like forcing this upon you. But we want to be available. We want to come shoulder to shoulder with you because we're a community and because we, we care deeply about your spiritual wellness and ours. And we want to grow together to see God change the city. So I would love to participate in this or would love it if you could participate in this. And uh, if you haven't got an email, make sure you send us one and we'll make sure that gets scheduled out. So as followers of Jesus, it probably goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway this morning. As followers of Jesus, we are called into a completely transformed life. A life that is much different than the culture around us. This does not happen overnight. Our conversion, our story of faith, is often instantaneous. Think of Saul on the Damascus Road. Or think of the Philippian jailer. Or there are other examples. Now, for others, there might not be this point in time, but you look back and you're like, I've definitely come to faith in Christ. I definitely have a relationship with him. However, our growth process is definitely not instantaneous. It is a lifelong pursuit and experience. Spiritual maturity, spiritual growth is more about good starts and painful falls. The making of a disciple of Jesus takes time. It takes persistence. It takes teaching. It takes trying and failing and trying again. And if you and I are honest with ourselves and we look back over the past year, there's plenty of failures. We are imperfect people. But we desire to be transformed into the image of Christ. So spiritual wellness is a lifelong pursuit. And although we will not arrive 365 days from now, as a church, we can take steps in the right direction. And we should take steps in the right direction. Imagine what this year could reveal if each one of us prioritized our spiritual growth. So how do we do this? How do we prioritize and pursue spiritual growth? A couple things I want to say for starters. It can look different for everyone. For some of us, we might need to put away sins or weights. Like weights are the things that are typically, they can be good things, but they could be the enemy of the right thing or the best thing. Some of us might need to just get a little bit of a kick in the pants and realize I need a little more discipline in my life. I need to, to put myself out there, maybe in church community or mission, or maybe I need to be more faithful on a daily basis in my time with the Lord. It can look different for every single one of us. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way. He says in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I could take my whole sermon out of that. I'm not going to. That's just kind of an introduction. But for those of us looking to grow in our faith, which I think every one of us is, if you're here on New Year's Day, I think we're all in the same thing here, right? We're, we want to grow. We want to be more spiritually well or fit. Some of us might need to concentrate on putting away sin and weights or running with endurance or looking and trusting in Jesus. And, and for the most part, it's all of those things together. But here's what I want to say. No matter the pace or the experience or the place in our spiritual maturity, this is one thing that each one of us, I think, needs to take to heart. And that is this. We have to take our spiritual growth seriously. If we go into 2023 coasting or just waiting for the winds of life to move us, we will not grow in the way that God has intended us to grow. Now, growth is supernatural, and this is part of what I'm talking about today. Like, God does the growth in us. But we have to put ourselves in a place for it to happen. I shared about that fun experience that we had, but it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't driven to New Orleans. There was no NBA game in Kansas City. Sorry to say, I wish there was. I wish we had a team, but there's not. So we had to go there and then it happened. And sometimes in our lives, we have to make those plans to move there. Dallas Willard put it this way. The greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of existence. And this is a volitional choice. This is the decision we make if we want to grow in our discipleship, in our becoming more like Christ. So what slows us down? What are the things, the obstructions to our growth? John Owen, who was a Puritan pastor in the 1600s, wrote extensively. In fact, much of his, many of his writings are free on the internet, on PDFs. You can get them, you can download them into a reading app that you might have. But he wrote on eight obstructions to spiritual growth. And I want to share them with you because I think as we look ahead to 2023, these could be helpful to be aware of. He said, the first one he gave was a careless guarding of our hearts. We're called to guard our hearts with all guarding uh, because out of it come the issues of life. Our heart is important. And in case you didn't notice, the world around you is fighting for that. The voices, the news, the, the entertainment that we hear, the advertisements, all of these things are fighting for our attention and they're fighting for our desires. And we have to guard that, guard what we put in our ears and in our eyes. A second obstruction is that we become negligent in our holy duties. We become spiritual drifters. We 
start to wake up late and let that quiet time go away. We, we start to miss a few services or connect points. We start to overlook some things that God has for us. We become negligent. This is an obstruction to our spiritual growth. We become strangers to holy meditation and self-examination. Next week, we're going to talk about confession and examination. But this unexamined heart is very dangerous. And, and it can slow down or abruptly stop spiritual growth. He says that we can aggressively pursue the things of this world. And if you want to test yourself on that, look back over your schedule and your bank statements in 2022. That will give you keen insights into what you are pursuing he says, we refuse to live a sacrificial life. And this is tough because the voices around us say, you should have comfort. You deserve it. You should have ease. You deserve it. You should have everything and more. You deserve it. Just buy it from us. Those are the voices around us. Yet the scriptures constantly push us towards a life of sacrifice. We are not here for this life. We are here for a different kingdom. He says, and this is significant, vain conversation. If you find yourself talking about stuff that doesn't matter, this can become an obstruction to our spiritual growth. And along the same lines, he says we can become corrupt in our communication. These are things that slow us down. And then we can become enslaved to a particular lust. And this is a tool of the evil one because oftentimes when we become enslaved, we struggle with guilt. And then he accuses us and pushes us towards shame. And then we are at a point where we feel, I've already done all the wrong anyway. I'm just going to do it again and again. And this abruptly stops our spiritual growth. These are obstructions to it. So, Considering our spiritual wellness, and specifically today, spiritual growth can be a little overwhelming. Is this stuff I have to put away? Is this stuff I have to put on? What should I do? Do I try harder? Do I pray more? Do I meditate? It's massive. It can become overwhelming. So for the next few minutes, I'm hoping that Ephesians chapter 3 will give us some practical, like, theological moorings or foundations for our spiritual growth. Where do we start? What do we do? I've had to pause many times in preparing this sermon series because I felt it going in different directions because it can go so fast. There's so many things that engulf it. So the big idea that I want to talk about today, we're talking about spiritual growth. And I just want to say this. Living things grow. And, and there's a temptation for us to manufacture growth. And that's false. And typically, that's religion. We're going to talk about that at the very end. We can't manufacture it. It's supernatural. But we can put our, ourselves in a place for growth. Similar to my story about having to go to New Orleans and find a path to get there. And then that experience came. That growth comes supernaturally, but we do have responsibility in the process. So 
I'm sorry for all the nostalgia this morning, but we had a 12-hour ride both ways, and we had a lot of time to talk and had a lot of time to go through pictures. And we have loved parenting our kids, and our oldest is now a junior in college, and we were thinking to ourselves, how many more of these trips are we going to have like this? I mean, there's going to be another guy at some point <laughs> joining us, and, and then he's going to you know, get married, they're going to have kids, and I'm going to feel super old. All that stuff is going to happen. It's like, like the, there's this this moment so we've loved this opportunity and and you know as you look at like their ages I was looking at some of these pictures it's like it goes so fast and and in the moment you don't notice it like from a week ago to today they haven't grown at all but there is growth happening and so for us as parents we haven't made any of them grow taller or physically. We haven't really done anything to make them grow spiritually. That's something God does. So we've tried to put them in a position for growth. Like, we try to make them go to bed early. I, she's better at it than I am. Uh, we try to feed them nutritious food. So, you know, they actually grow as, as individuals. We try to put them in different situations so they grow emotionally. So it's all about being in the right place for the growth to happen. And the same thing is true with our spiritual lives. And so looking into 2023, I hope that you're looking ahead this clean slate and saying, I know there's a path that I can take that God is going to, to nurture that growth in me through those steps that I take. So uh, here's where we're going to go real quickly. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter three. We're going to spend some time in a prayer. In verse 14. But before I get there, I want to go to this parenthetical piece. Verses 2 through 13, Paul talks about this mystery. And in the prayer, he says, he refers back to it and he says, for this reason, because of the mystery of the gospel, what he, what he talks about in these verses, he says, there's a lot of practical stuff that he's praying will come out of it. So let's take a little bit of time and look at the mystery because our spiritual growth depends on the mystery of the gospel. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 4 says this, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. What is this mystery? It's going to be answered to us in verse 6. The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So he says, the people of old, even the old prophets, didn't know exactly what this was going to look like. But the mystery of the gospel is that God, who's always existed beyond our comprehension, saw the need of us. And before time existed in his eternal sovereign plan, decided for Jesus to come to earth, God to take on flesh, to live among us perfectly to be put up on a cross so that he could take our sins on himself so that he could deal with what we owed for our sins the penalty he could he could receive that penalty in our place so that we could become right with God so that we could become forgiven we could be forgiven of our sins and have peace with God. 
This is a mystery because it's not just to the Jews, but it's also to the Gentiles. It's for all people. A couple quick thoughts on this. The mystery of the gospel demonstrates his love. God loves us incredibly. We were uh, driving into New Orleans and Googling murder rates, which is just something we do all the time. And uh, I made the comment, but I was like, but I would die for any of you guys. And I seriously would. I like, I believe like at the core of who I am, like I love them, but I wouldn't probably die for just anybody. But the, the love that God's demonstrated to us is that he has and he did. Isn't that amazing? It, this mystery demonstrates his love. It is sufficient for all. Sometimes there might be those who would come along and say, yeah, that was amazing, but you also got to be a good person. And the truth is, his death is sufficient. It's enough. We could never add to it. It's amazing. This mystery reconciles believers to God by faith. We were once at odds with God. Like his just wrath was, is ready to be poured out. But Jesus took that. And he reconciles us to God. So we are now at peace with God. Incredible. And it displays God's glory. It's not about us. This plan before ages past has never been about us. It's always been about God's glory. I love to reflect on life change. I love to see this happen. I love to see the mystery of the gospel, like just working into the lives of our church. Uh, yesterday, I was finishing some of this stuff up. I came out to that wall and just read some of the stories before baptism. I'm so excited for February 5th because there's more people who have come to faith in Christ who want to be baptized. And we're not going to do it at the lake because it might be a little cold February 5th. We're going to do it here. We figured it out. We got it planned out. It's going to be a great celebration of of God's mystery at work in the lives of individuals. The Christians in Ephesus could have focused on Paul's imprisonment, or they could focus on the limitless, diversified, complex, and colorful wisdom that is available from God and has proven itself to you and I in what Paul calls the mystery. Look at verse 8. He says to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, Paul's writing, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. The value of this mystery is unsearchable and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that... Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. He says this mystery is the fact that this gift of salvation is available to everyone, Jew and Gentile alike. I was thinking of this in terms of adoption. Some of you might know that we've adopted two of our children, and it's an incredible experience. You may or may not know that when you adopt a child, you get a new birth certificate to the day they were born with your last name on it. It's a pretty awesome thing. And so it's like from the very beginning, they've been ours. 
And this is the mystery that for every single one of us, we're given adoption into the family of God. And he views us as children and offers us this inheritance. Isn't that amazing? This is how we start. This is what empowers our spiritual wellness. This is why we want to get to know the God who would do that. And this is our adventure this year as we look forward to say, how can I know him better? So a couple of last thoughts um, from verses 14 and following. So uh, this is the second prayer in the book of Ephesus. We couldn't take the entire, the entire prayer. The first prayer is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. And it's a prayer for enlightenment. enlightenment. Like Paul prays, he says that your minds would be opened. This prayer is a specific prayer for enablement, like so that you can. And I think going into this new year, this is a good prayer for us. So Paul is, is praying for the people in Ephesus, but this prayer extends to us in Kansas City today. So our spiritual growth is empowered by the mystery of the gospel. That, that's, that's what it's all about. But it begins, as, as we see this spiritual growth in our lives, it begins with a humble prayer before our sovereign God. Listen to what he says. In verse 1, he says, For this reason, talking about the mystery, I, Paul, prisoner of Jesus Christ, on behalf of you Gentiles. And then he, he, he lifts out, lists out the reason in verses 2 through 13. This is the mystery. And then he picks it up again. He says, he says it again, For this reason. I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. When we see that, I mean, I just think it's like, that's so centering for us, isn't it? Like, it can be a little tempting for us sometimes to think we have accomplished something or we are, we are something or we're kind of a big deal, which we're not, by the way. But man, when we get a picture of who he is, it's just like, ooh. It takes us right down to our knees. And it should, because he's amazing. So we should pause, reflect, and confess. We're going to talk more about this next week. Um, as we pray, as we are like in this moment, we should express gratitude. This should, this should work itself out of our life with gratitude. And, of course, ask for strength and direction to fulfill his will. And this... This prayer should be a regular part of our lives every single day. He continues on and he says, our spiritual growth is empowered by God's spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the sermon series. But he gives us some quick answers to what the spirit does in our life. So look with me at these verses, and then we'll kind of throw them at you. He says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that, you might circle that, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth? You might circle that word comprehend. So you might circle the word so that Christ may dwell and then that word comprehend. And then 
and to know, and you might circle that, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There's a tip-off on these words. He says, when you are filled with the Spirit, he gives us these hint clauses and says, show that. When you're filled, you will have this and this and this. The first show that is that you will become like Christ. Process. Not immediately. This is the growth process. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He says, you will become deeply rooted, which is an agricultural metaphor. He says, you will become grounded, which is a construction metaphor. So he says, when the spirit dwells within us, we will be on a journey to become more like Christ. But he also says that we will grow in our comprehension of the gospel. Like from the day we came to faith till now, till the future is a growth process of comprehending. Like the value of it just grows in our mind. And this is his prayer that as the spirit dwells, that they would also comprehend the gospel. And I think it's significant because he says with all the saints. And I just want to bring this up. I'm so glad you are here together with brothers and sisters in Christ because this Christian growth process is not done in a vacuum. This is not something that we just show up at an event once a week and get fired up and go back out. This is something where we dig in and live in community with one another. And he says, this is how we comprehend. And this happens in a connect group when somebody shares a thought that they have on the scriptures that God's been teaching. It's like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And it begins to grow our understanding and knowledge of who he is. It can begin in spiritual development. It can begin in any sort of community that happens in the church. And then he says, finally, so that we may feel the eternal love of God in Christ. He says that you will be filled up to all the fullness of God. This is the third purpose clause in the prayer. And it, it communicates to us that, that we can actually feel, like experience the love of God in Christ. This is, this is something that happens to us super naturally. So what does this mean for us? Like we understand this. I don't really understand it, but we, we accept this mystery of the gospel. This is incredible stuff. And it, it pushes us to our knees in humility. And then he gives us these promises. He says that with that gospel comes the indwelling spirit who is going to work in our lives to help us become like Christ, to help us comprehend more of who he is and literally experience the love of God in Christ. But the final thing that he says, and I think this is what can like drive us into this next year, is that our spiritual growth can go beyond our imaginations. Too often, our destination is too close. We're like, well, I survived the year, and I want to survive 2023. I just don't want to like get too far out. And, and Paul's opening this up a little bit. He's like, you guys, you have no idea what God can do through you. And truthfully, none of us have any idea what God could do through us this year. Not us, it's all for his glory, but listen to these words. He says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly 
than all that we ask or think. Have you ever been afraid to even think that big sometimes? Like, I don't even want to think about that. God thinks beyond that. According to the power at work within us, not us, the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love this. Looking into 2023, God has huge plans for us. And I think too often we don't open ourselves up to think, what could God do with me? If you consider how you've been made with your skills, your experiences, your passions. What if those were formed towards him, towards a lifestyle of discipleship and pouring into the lives of others? Who knows what God could do through any of us individually, but all of us corporately. It's like mind-blowing. And there's a couple thoughts. God's work starts on the inside. He says, the power that works within us but it's displayed on the outside. So as you think of spiritual growth, this is something that we got to be careful for. Sometimes we want the outside without the inside. That's called religion. Sometimes we do the stuff on the outside before we've been empowered on the inside. Start on the inside and let it work its way to the outside. He says in Colossians chapter 1, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. If you want to go for this year, don't shift from the gospel that we've heard. And the truth is, the church is about scattering. The church is about gathering and coming together and growth, and we're focusing on that. But it's not an us for and no more mentality where we just huddle in and build big walls around us. This is spiritual wellness so that we can go out and make a difference in the world and in the city. Dallas Willard put it this way, the world can no longer be left to mere diplomats, politicians, and business leaders. They have done the best they could, no doubt. But this is an age for spiritual heroes, a time for men and women to be heroic in their faith and in spiritual character and power. The greatest danger to the Christian church today is that of its pitching its message too low. And as a church, we want you to be here we want you to be faithful in worship, community, mission, and generosity. We want you to feel connected. But we also want every single one of us to be disciple-making disciples. God has called us with a great commission to go and make disciples. And if we merely show up faithfully and give sacrificially and build community, we have not completed the mission he's called us to. So what would happen if you and I took this seriously, empowered from the inside to give glory to him on the outside? Our spiritual growth is fully dependent on the mystery of the gospel. It begins with humble prayer before our sovereign God. 
It is empowered by God's spirit. And it will go far beyond our imagination. A couple of questions as we wrap up and then Pastor Don takes us to a time of communion. Have you received the mystery of the gospel? Man, if you're here today and you're thinking, I don't really know, this is a great day. You'll never forget the day of coming to faith in Christ. New Year's Day 2023. Looking back, how would you characterize your spiritual growth? Looking back, it's important for us to do this. Where are we at this year? Do you see growth over the past 365 days? And then where could your spiritual growth take you in 2023? I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Don is going to lead us in a time of communion. So God, thank you for giving us Ephesians chapter 3, this prayer. I pray that you would give it to each of us, that we would understand this mystery, that we would embrace it, and that we'd be empowered by it. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, New Life, welcome back to another week of our sermon. We're super excited you guys are listening with us on this podcast. And so if you don't know, New Life's mission is to develop an authentic community that inspires people to know and follow Jesus through worship, community, mission, and generosity. And so you can stay up to date with what we have going on 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 Instagram and Facebook. You can also find our YouTube channel. You can like and subscribe to stay up to date with videos and those things we put out online. And so this week, here is the most recent sermon.